0: I know myself, like many of you, have probably had a countdown going uh, for a while up leading up to this coming Tuesday. It's been going on for a while. It's a very, very big day in our communities and in our countries. I'm speaking, of course, about the end of those terrible political ads that we'll see on TV. If anything, I'm more excited about the end of that than the election itself. I know I cannot wait on Saturday to sit down and watch the undefeated Notre Dame fighting Irish in peace on a Saturday morning without being interrupted by terrible political ads. But all kidding aside, it is an important day that we face as a country on Tuesday. There's a lot of issues and candidates and races that we will be voting on. And I've always thought that an election is kind of a bit of a a thermometer, or a bit of a litmus test for each of us as Catholics. It's an opportunity for us to see how well we can take what we believe and what we profess here at the altar and here at church and take it into the real world. It's the rubber meeting the road in a very real way for each and every one of us, when we go and vote on Tuesday. As we know, every action of our lives directly impacts and affects our immortal souls and affects our salvation, and voting is no different. So this is a chance for us to put our faith into practice. So we should not take it lightly or flippantly, this great responsibility that we have, to vote. We have that responsibility not just as citizens in a democracy, but a responsibility to the truth, a responsibility to God himself. It's why the Catechism sort of tells us that voting is not really optional for a Catholic. We should go out and vote and have our voices heard. But the key thing that I want to hopefully impress upon you today as we vote on Tuesday is our approach to voting, because we should not vote as party A first, Catholic second, or party B first, Catholic second. It should be Catholic first and everything else second. We cannot be more attached to a candidate or a party than our Catholic faith, because if that's the case, then we're getting off on the wrong foot when it comes to voting. We have a very excellent guide in how to vote in these great commandments that we hear in our gospel today. These great commandments to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. And I dare say every time that we vote, we should keep these great commandments in mind, although both voting mostly centers on love of neighbor. So I think it is important for us to ask ourselves, who is my neighbor? Just like in another passage in Scripture that scribe would ask that led Jesus to give that prodigal, that uh, Good Samaritan passage. Who is my neighbor? Something that we should all ask leading up to Tuesday. And if we go with vulnerability as our first category, we could say, our neighbor begins with the unborn. A failure to protect the unborn is a failure to love our neighbor. Something that we will have to answer for at final judgment. If we want to love our most vulnerable neighbors, the unborn is probably where we need to start. We ought to give strongest consideration there because they are the most vulnerable and most at risk, we can say. After that, we can maybe say, okay, who else is my neighbor? Probably a good answer would be the immigrants. We must be people of hospitality and kindness and compassion to those who seek better lives here. And I know many of us want to simply enforce existing laws, and that's fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It is quite another thing, though, to create an atmosphere in our country that is hostile to immigrants or those from other countries. There's a very big difference between those two things. That open hostility is always wrong, no matter the motive or the outcome. So we must do our part to try to counter this atmosphere to the best that we can. Who else, we can say, is our neighbor? That would be the poor or anyone that society might reject. We know that our Lord was a great friend of the poor and of the destitute, and they had a very special place in his heart. So we should give consideration to the poor as well. So overall, I think it's important for us to ask, who is my neighbor and how can I love them? through how I vote on Tuesday. And we should go down that list in order. The unborn, the immigrant, and then the poor. Those are probably the three most basic and common neighbors that we have the opportunity to look look out for in this election. Now, there are other uh, direct issues on the ballot, as well. And it's a very, very long ballot. I voted absentee uh, last week and it is extremely, extremely long. And there's everything on there from taxes to bingo regulations. I kid you not. There's an uh, item on there on bingo regulations for the state of Missouri. But I also want to call your attention to uh, our local archdiocese's stance on one of those uh, issues, and it's uh, Amendment 3. It's one dealing with uh, medical cannabis. And while the archdiocese gives no opinion on the morality of cannabis as medicine, it does oppose that measure because the money goes toward unethical medical research. So I urge you to take that into consideration going into the voting booth. Again, that's Amendment 3. But I also think it's important for us to sort of zoom out and take a look at the bigger picture. Because our country is going through a period of unrest, anger, and hostility that I have never seen before in my lifetime. And it's really kind of shocking how brazen the anger is now, how open it is, how unapologetic the disregard for decency and appropriate language and actions has become in our country. It's really quite sad. We've got people sending bombs in the mail, shooting up synagogues, rioting and violence, again, to a degree that I have never seen in my lifetime. And we have to look this in the eye and say that socially as a country, we are falling apart. We are bursting and falling apart at the seams. And we are doing this because we do not know how to love our neighbor as ourself. Instead, the thing that gets in the way is the great sin of pride. We live in a culture that is antithetical to Christianity, antithetical to God, and antithetical to godly values because it is a culture that elevates pride. We live in an age all about self-identity. And so we construct a worldview and a cosmos that is literally centered on our own desires, our own wants, and even our own prejudices too. This is the source of the tribalism that we see everywhere in our society today because tribalism offers us a collective sense of pride, an even greater degree of pride than we could even have on our own. We need to make it collective as well. We're no longer teaching our children about virtue, we're no longer teaching our children about Christianity because, let's be honest, mass attendance has been in decline for about 50 years. And we don't even teach our children anymore about humility and laying down your life for your beloved. And when we fail to teach this great virtue of humility of laying down your life for your beloved, you're probably less likely to lay down your life for another. And you're definitely not going to lay down your life for your enemy, as we know that Christ did. We are producing whole generations of people whose only motive is pride. We have brought this complete uh, unrest in our country upon ourselves because of the sin of pride. We have descended to tribalism, we have fallen into unrest, And we have sunk into hostility because we cannot love our neighbor. So it's no surprise that we have heard politicians, which, by the way, both sides of the aisle, within the last month say things such as, if they go low, we kick them. Or another person seeking elected office talking about his opponent said, I will stomp all over your face with golf spikes. Think about that for a minute. If they go low, we kick them, and I will stomp all over your face with golf spikes. We often think that Christ would say to our country, oh, you're, you're not far from the kingdom. Heck no. We are very, very far from the kingdom. We're probably on the dark side of the moon where the sun doesn't shine right now. That is how far we have fallen as a country. And if we are to survive as a country, and I do mean this literally, we must rediscover our obligation of loving God and of loving our neighbor. There is no room for ourselves in this equation, and there is absolutely no room for pride, no room for parochialism, and no room for tribalism either. But I think we also must look inward if we are to get better as a country And if we have been the source of tribalism or acted out of anger and pride, then the confessional is a very good place to go and to begin again. It starts with us. If we do not like how our politics is or how our country is going, we must love God more and we must love our neighbor even more. It is that simple. So we must take to heart the words of Scripture that we heard today and truly live by these words that we we profess each and every Sunday, to have them inscribed on our hearts and written on our souls. And let us resolve today, this election day, and truly every day to love God and to love our neighbor with everything that we have and follow these greatest of commandments that Christ our Lord has given to us.